0: build your financial blueprint today at prudential.com slash blueprints infinity presents a new chapter in luxury
1: What up? It's Ace. Catch you on the Bootleg Cab Show.
2: Bootleg Cab Podcast, special guest in here, my guy Ace. If you guys do not know who Ace is, mm-hmm. big time manager in the music industry, managers Corday,
1: managing Turbo. Who else you manage? Tommy Genesis. Okay. Tommy Genesis. Couple other um couple other development. So how did you get started
2: in the music industry?
1: Because you're from Boston, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm from New Bedford, Massachusetts, man. Um, it's like 40 minutes south of Boston. Um, I had a mutual friend. Her name is Suzette James. Um, she was living in Miami at the time. I was going to school in Florida. And we had a mutual friend of Y Club Jean. Ah. Yeah, yeah. So Y Club had a concert down in Miami. I came down from Daytona Beach to kick it with Susie uh, on her college campus. Lynn University at the time. It's in Boca Raton, Florida. We went down to watch Clafford, Miami at the Fillmore. Me and him just connected backstage. We, like, just, you know, we, it, he, just, he was just cool as fuck, and he took a genuine interest in me. I was in school at the time. I was playing scholarship basketball, so I wasn't even in the music industry. But Where I
2: you playing basketball
1: at? St. Andrews University. No, but through Cookman University at this time mm. in Daytona Beach. So you were going to school in Florida? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was playing scholarship basketball.
2: That's great. So you ended up meeting Y Clef just through backstage her, yeah. through her. Yeah. And he just fucked with you. And then he from just there with me. From then what happens
1: with White clef? I went back to school. This is like my like my sophomore year. Right. Um we just stayed in touch. Unfortunately, he was running for president in Haiti at the time. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> yeah.
2: I forgot he did that. Uh,
1: yeah, bro. What year was that? Was that like 08? 08? Yeah, 09? Yeah, like oh eight, oh nine. Yeah. So um, he lost, right? He dropped out. He got shot, and he was just like, "I'm, I'm good." How do I not remember White Clef getting shot? they tried to assassinate him, the, like the president I don't of that any time.
2: You know,
1: it wasn't really that that important. They tried any.
2: to kill White Clef.
1: I mean, that's important, but like, the,
2: what the fuck?
1: Yeah, yeah. They there they tried was an to kill assassination
2: Clef. attempt on one of the members of the Fuji's, and the other guy is in prison. Is it a format?
1: What? what the fuck? Maybe there's some lineage between the two. Who knows?
2: Did Proz set why Wyclef- Caliph? No, was- yeah, no, nah, nah. I
1: the conspiracies.
2: <laughs> anyway. So continue. He was running for president at the time.
1: Yeah, he was running for president at the time. And um he was just using me as like his young eyes and ears for the landscape where music was at. Because even though he was in politics, like it's like he's still he's still a musician. And, and he was out of his deal with Sony. You know, he had that song with um with Akon and Lil Wayne, that was a smash. I'm going to tell you, like who told me, cash moves, everything around me. So get that little dollar bills. The sweetest girl. The sweetest girl. Sweetest girl. Sweetest yes. Girl. Sweetest
2: girl. I remember this. I remember. Okay. Now they said school, this, she was yeah, there going yeah. now I remember. Baby, I remember, girl, I remember they that was like his, his last like kind of like radio like
1: record. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. the last one. Yeah. I remember um, that record. So like he had that record in like, this is like two years later when I met him. And he was just like, "This is when like it was cool to be independent." Remember, like YouTube like took over TV and was the forefront and the centerpiece of all content. I feel like
2: right now you're really it's really like when it's cool to be independent though. Right now, for real, (laughs) everybody wants to be indie. Get it out, right now.
1: The labels own the DSPs. They're like squeezing the juice out of like. The labels don't own distro, kid. No, but it's, like, don't know but it's like but it's like if you upload your music to the Distro Kit, where's it gonna go then? You're paying for your own ads, like how are you gonna get into the playlist where you get visibility. For the first twenty four to forty eight hours, playlists actually work. After that, it's just visibility. But visibility is everything. I don't it's know. Awareness.
2: I think LaRussell's done a good job getting on playlists. That's
1: one guy. Russ. Tunecore. Yeah, you know. Tell me what what's the irony between both of those names you just mentioned?
2: I know a few guys who are doing very well They on- work together. On Distro Kid and on. 24. But
1: if you look at, if you just look at,
2: again, I'm gonna use this word. Well, than, I don't wanna than, get, we'll get, we'll get to all this, but okay, Wyclef <laughs> 2010, yeah, yeah. 2012.
1: So, so this is when, like, being independent was, like, cool. Like, you had, like, you know, Funk Volume, you had. Okay, like, yes, the yeah, funk, yeah, funk Volume yeah, Wave yeah, yeah. and Tech Te- Te- Nine, Te- 9 Te- Strange Music was exactly. in the Double XL. And, and, yeah. Like, it was, you could be independent at the chance. Was, like, Acid Rap Chance, that was that right, time. Right,
2: Macklemore, both him and Chance were
1: independent-ish. Yeah, even Mac Miller, like, was Rostrum, but, like, that's independent. Like, yeah, Rostrum ish, was independent ish, yeah, ish. They were at the time, you know? But in any case, um, I was just, like, putting clef on to, like, what was happening at that time. Right. Like, J. Cole was, like, you know, for this like Friday Night Lights, J. Right, Cole.
2: Right, right, mixtapes. You
1: shit. know what I'm saying? Like, Section 80, Kendrick and shit. So I was just keeping them privy to, like, who was popping and what was going on, and, um... Bro, by the time, like, my senior year came around, like, I've been playing ball my whole life, and at a high level, I just got, like, burned down, tired of it, it stopped being fun, because it became a business to me in early right. age, so I reached out to Claps, and was like, yo, I want to be in the music industry, right, he's like, well, would you want to be, like, my a and I'm like, yeah, that's, like, I was searching like consultants in the music consulting, and a r kind of fits the exact description of what that is, and he's like, okay, dope, call me when you graduate. I'm like, dude. I'm in college. Like, I like I can go play play pro overseas. I have a degree, and it's like you're t- like that's my like stamp of reassurance when I get out of college. Is like, call me when you graduate. I'm like, I graduated today. I quit. <laughs> yeah, bro. So I fucking I did. I mean, I, I I graduated. I just I went out to New York to his crib. We chopped it up and kicked it more, and then I just started making back and forth trips from like Massachusetts to New York, just getting in the studio. And he was working at Daddy's house. Um. So. Were you
2: at a? I saw the only time I saw Y Clef live was randomly at South by Southwest in like 2014. I didn't go
1: with him that I remember that, but I didn't go. He was just it.
2: on stage with a guitar, schoolboy Q opened, and it was fucking gnarly. It was like Y Clef with a guitar and like a basement in Austin. Just
1: yeah, nah, he's an incredible performer, bro. That's nah, he plays every instrument, he's a beast, man. But, um, but yeah, nah, I mean, in short. For him, that was kind of how like I got in was just like, I got in with Clef. I, I was like, once I was working with him, I was just bringing in all of the people who were like my peers who I was a fan of. right? But they're fans of Wycliffe. Right. So because I'm their peer and I'm young and I'm able right. to bring them in studio with Clef and put them on records and curate videos right. and all types of shit, like they're looking at me like I'm lit because they're like, this is a legend and like. This is the guy who's next to him, Ace. And he relied on me to do that, and he gave me, fortunately, he gave me his platform in the green light to be able to just speak on his behalf and curate anything around him that I thought was dope, useful, and what was in, because he was a little disconnected from it. Right, 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 So I built a lot of my relationships from originally utilizing Clef's likeness and my positioning around him. Um, but then the, those relationships, as time would pass, like I continued to add value to them, and right. they became a relationship of my own.
2: So how do you end up linking up with the YBN kids? Because you obviously, I met yeah. Namir through you, yeah. Corday through you. You told me about Corday's shit. You were like, "There's this kid we're out in Maryland. Here's a SoundCloud link." Yeah, it was crazy? before the freestyles Yo, came that's out. So
1: crazy, bro! You know what's crazy, Kev? That's a fact. You really like. You really were the first person who, like, outside of like. Me, of course, like working with him. You were the first person who was on Corday for real. Because no one even knows that the first music I heard from Corday was a SoundCloud thing, bro. So that's yeah, how I, I know yeah, you you yeah, sent
2: me a link and it was like, uh, it was before any of those videos came out. It was before, before he was out here, yeah.
1: I just wanted to see your opinion because yeah. you were super supportive of the YBN shit. You, you always supported us. So I wanted your opinion. That's so funny, though, bro. You really were the first one on him. Um, now I got a call from my, my boy. He's an OG. Um, James, he's a lawyer and he was like, Yo, I got this kid. Actually it was for my boy Byron who called me first, who was working with us on management at the time. He was a part of management. He's like, yo, um me and James have this kid, YB in the mirror, and he needs, you know, he needs a manager. Like mm-hmm. he's about to be on the road And he's leaving tomorrow his, Was it His mom was involved at first too, right the His mom one? was just Always she involved As yeah, mom yeah. Not business She's just like right. That's her only child She just like Couldn't right. let him leave home But I was about to go On like a five day Road trip with Denver Just to go fuck off And party with Coco Right He was on tour With, with fucking Dizzy So right. I'm like We're about to jump On the tour bus to go party In Denver Salt right. Lake City right. Vegas And I got that call I didn't even know who Namir was, bro. I was pretty much actually about to be done with the music industry. I was about to just stay on the brands' side of shit in um in corporate. I was just tired of like hustling so much, bro. Yeah. And then I got that call, and he's like, "Yo, uh, it's a it's a it's a California leg of a tour, and he needs someone to go out with him." I'm like, "Yo, I'm about to I got plans though." I'm like, I'm "About to just go fuck off." Like right. And he's like, "All right, well, I'm just telling you, like." This kid's doing a million views a day on YouTube right now for his first ever video. And whoever we put out there is probably going to end up bonding with him, and that's going to be like the solidified position. Right. So I was like, all right, give me five minutes. I hung up. was talking to Coco. I'm like, yo. Checked them out. Yeah, I checked them out, and I'm like, oh, shit, like eight million views in nine days right. on this video.
2: Was it running at the time, on the paint it, shit?
1: Yeah, it yeah. was. And if you remember, a million views for a video at the time was still like, kind of like, that was... Traditionally, like a big record for an artist, if sure. you had a million views on YouTube, for sure, it's not like we hit the SoundCloud wave right after. That, if you remember, where people could do a million views in a day, but Cole Bennett kind of changed that.
2: Yeah, now nah, the YouTube shit was big for sure. Yeah, I mean. before that,
1: if you had a million views, that was a big record. So for him to have like eight million views in nine days, I was like, "Yo, I can't miss this opportunity." So I met him at the Mondrian. Mm-hmm. Like an hour later, it's like one in the morning. Found out. That we didn't have a bus driver. It was a shitty van. I was going to have to drive it. I had no license. I showed back up four hours later, like five in the morning, jumped in with like five of these like little wild young kids. Namir was super cool. He was pretty quiet. He didn't know what the fuck was happening, bro. Like this is all happening so fast. And we went on like a six city California run through like kind of like the shittiest towns in California. Like
2: Bakersfield.
1: Yes. Fresno. Fresno was one. It was like, what? what's, it, was it, not Arletta. No, that, Arletta's local. It was like, um, Oxnard. Nah, that's a pretty cool town to beat. Modesto, Stockton. <laughs> it was Stockton was one of them. No, Modesto was one of them. Yeah. And then it went way up into Humboldt County, bro, like where right. people don't even go. But we bought, and then we came back down into Arizona. So we bonded, we got real close, and the rest was kind of history, bro. Like, you know, he, I, Amir moved in with me. Oh, I know he was living with you for a while. Wasn't yeah, was Farday living with you too? Bro, I had the hype man whose name is Glizzy. I had Namir. I had YB and Almighty J. I had our DJ living with us. Bro, I had like five of these little niggas living in my loft. Jesus. With fucking two dogs. And then Amir went and bought a dog from Jazz Prince. And it was a it was a, a um a Was Frenchie.
2: Almighty J living with you when he was fucking Black China?
1: Yeah, I made the phone call. Like I called TMZ to pull up on him outside of the bowling alley with China. <laughs> and, yo, I was on a plane. Plane was about to take off. He calls me, he's like, yo, we're at the bowling alley. Um, because he was fucking with China for like two weeks, but I'm like, yo, we gotta get this out, bro. Oh like, for sure. this, is like this is like gold, bro. You're fucking China. Like, right. Jay's all skinny he's like 18. So I'm like, yo, at some point you just gotta let me know when y'all out in public. And I'm I'm gonna do what I gotta do. He calls me, he's like, yo, I'm at the bowling alley with China, we're about to leave. I was like, yo, I need you to hold her there for 10 minutes. I'm going to call TMZ and have them pull up. He's like, "Ah, yo, I don't know if I can hold her, but I'm going to try. My plane's about to leave in like five minutes. So I'm like, yo, where are you guys at? He's like, man, we're going out the left entrance, out the, the side that goes into the parking lot. I was like, I need you to go out the other side. The other side on the street side, this bush is there. TMZ's waiting. He's like, aye, aye I'm going to redirect her. Hold on, I'm going to call you right back. My plane took off, so now I'm sitting there in the air waiting Right? Wi-Fi kicks in, in like 30 minutes. He texts me, he's like, yo, my bad. He's like, yo, they got it. They got it. They all jumped out. She's pissed. I'm like, that's perfect. They got it, though? He's like, yeah. I was like, what did you do? He was like, I just acted like I didn't know what was going on. I was like, what did she do? He's like, she just kept on walking. She's pissed, though, bro. I'm like, yo, it don't matter. We got it. Yo, the next day, so I'm flying cross country, right, to New York. So I landed in New York off of Red Eye. So it's like 6 a.m., but it's like 3 a.m. in L.A. Mm-hmm. Yo, like, I take a nap in New York because I'm jet-lagged. I wake up and, like 9 a.m. It's already everywhere. on the Like, all over the fucking media by like 6, 7 a.m. It was fucking everywhere. That's but such a weird situation. I didn't have a problem with was like with a though. child, for real. Wasn't he 18? Yeah, he was 18. Oh, my God. He was 18. Yo, Jay was knocking him down, bro. bro. I'm not going to lie, bro. How I know? Jay hit everything, bro. Jay's hit more... Yo, Jay's hit every bad bitch. And and, in black, in brown American hip-hop culture, bro, Jay's hit them all, bro. Interesting. Jay's hit them all. You have, yo, almost any chick you can think of who's popping right now in the female landscape of rap. Almighty Jay's been there. Almighty Jay. Almighty Jay's the
2: man. What a list. He's the one. I can't wait to talk to him. <laughs> and he's
1: still on a run, but now it's just like, it's way more under wraps because he's under wraps.
2: So what, at what point in time did you, because uh, obviously there was the YBN split. Cordae dropped the YBN from his name. Everyone's still cool, you know? Yeah. Everyone's still kosher. But like, you kind of just dove in with Corday. So what was like the, the like, obviously Cordae's fucking, you know, generationally talented guy. He's great, great kid. Like... What was it about Corday that made you want to, like, really focus on him as a client?
1: Like, once I already was working with all three of the guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: He was focused. He wanted right. to be great. He wants to be great. He still does, but I'm saying, like, I noticed that. From the very moment that I started working with Corday, our conversations were different than what I was having with Jay and Amir, you right. know? Um, and I mean, look, to, like, Jay and Namir's defense, like Namir never like wanted to be like a professional rapper. Right, right, right. Namir always made music, even when he was younger, but like he didn't have like that, like that bug, you know, like right. that burning desire to be he great. He wanted to be famous. He wanted to be famous. <laughs> yeah, he wanted to be famous. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. And he got famous, and then it was just like, he's like, what the fuck do I do now? Right. And everything was happening so fast. Namir always just wanted to be a kid. He just wanted to be famous while doing it. Right. The industry doesn't really allow you to do that.
2: Right, 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 right. Once
1: you have a real demand, like, it becomes a business. Right. So he's struggling with that. Jay always just wanted to fuck bitches. So, like, and he successfully once he did achieved so. that, once he was successful at that, it was hard to keep him focused. Corday always was, like, he would wake up and go to sleep just talking about, like, right, music ideas. Ideas. And, like, what's the next step? And, like, right. yo, I did this. I did that. I'm going to meet with this person. I was networking with this person today. This person hit me up. Yo, what do you think about this record? Everything was just music, music, music. So he was focused. Was it his idea to do the uh, J. Cole reply? It was. He We were living together at the time. He was living upstairs in my loft. He came downstairs one morning. I woke up. He came downstairs. And he's like, yo, I was thinking. Mind you, I never even heard the J. Cole.
2: 1985, 19- yeah.
1: Yeah, I never heard 1985. Um, he came downstairs and was like, yo, you know the 1985 record by J. Cole? I'm like that's on his new project. Now I, I ain't heard it. He's like, well, basically it's like he's touching upon like how this new era of youth and rappers and kind of like what you would consider to be the SoundCloud era. He's like my generation, how everyone's kind of lost and how right. a lot of the mistakes we're making they're not gonna last. You know, I feel like making a response for that on behalf of like my peers and right. my generation and the youth, explaining to him and even just those who represent that older generational mentality. Like, this is why we do this. And right. Why don't you look at it from our perspective? And I'm like, sounds dope. Killed but it. But I never heard the original. So right. I'm, like, I'm just supporting him. I'm like, go do it. When he came back and played me the record, I still never right. heard the J. Cole one. I was just like, yo, this is wild. Yeah. Like, the without, narration. Without
2: even knowing the. Yeah. Context. I was yeah. just
1: like, the narration of it is bridging like this separation in this gap that was becoming like. Really, really obvious at that time Right. aware between traditional rap. Of course, yeah. That was like SoundCloud, SoundCloud
2: shit. And it was like yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: And I mean there wasn't even anybody who was doing real rap from the new school at the time. Nobody. Nobody was making traditional hip hop.
2: For sure. Yeah, he was like, oh wait, this kid's 18 and he's fucking rapping over Eminem
1: and <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I was like that all that collectively kind of was what made me really, really focus on Corday because I have a job to do. And quite frankly, like people in my position, we empower those who allow us to do our job and who see their, who take their job seriously.
2: What is like for people who don't know what a manager does in a, like a role like yourself, what is like your duties as a manager?
1: Like for people who are interested in maybe getting into the music industry or, you know, I think, I think that the job description itself has a few kind of unwavering, core responsibilities for everybody right no matter what client you represent because it does vary right every course, client needs course, different things and wants of, of, of course things. but managing relationships managing relationships first and foremost right you don't even have to like your manager if you're doing your job as an artist and your manager is good at managing relationships you guys can be extremely successful together you know what i'm saying because as an artist it's like You're the centerpiece. Like Mm. you're, you're the engine of the vehicle. Like what you do determines if it goes or not. Mm -hmm. If your manager is good at managing relationships, he's likable, he's dependable, he's charismatic, right? He's genuine, he's friendly, he does good business by thinking about what the the other party is getting out of every equation, not just what you guys are getting, so that people see him as fair. You guys can be great together. Right. That's first. Second, I think that your manager has to have. If you're managing a, this is a difference, right? Managing a rapper is different. Mm. If you're managing an artist, right? Then I think that there has to be a vision attached to it because there has, there has to be a long-term goal, not just near-sighted accomplishments, right? As the focus. When you think of rappers, right? And this isn't to discredit anybody, but this is just like if you, this is just a fact. There's country artists, mm-hmm. pop artists, mm-hmm. reggae artists, hip-hop artists, right? Right. When they say rappers, it's kind of because like, rap is the evolution of hip-hop. Mm-hmm. It kind of created its own image, almost like its own genre. It's like, it came kind of with the evolution of production, right? It's not like, not necessarily bass lines, but like 808s. Right. right. And synth pads and different things like that. And then, the concepts and the subject matter of what rap talks about, hip hop stems from like black and brown people coming from like inner cities and in, in just places in America where your voices you couldn't be heard. Right. You didn't fit a certain political stature, economic stature. So through breakdancing and graffiti and song form, people would listen now. DJing parties, DJ, all right. yeah, people would listen now. Right. But then rap is the evolution of that, where it's like it represents black and brown people. Who have now achieved those things that we didn't have now? Now you have wealth. Mm-hmm. Now you have money. Now you have a political stature. Right. So it's like we can talk about different subject matters like cars and wealth and all these different glorified things that we never used to you see. rap's like the evolution of hip hop. So I feel like if you're managing rappers, the landscape of what that lifestyle entails, you can be in the clubs, like you can do features for money. You, set, up that,
2: Try yeah, set, you up set up bags. bags yeah. Set up bags, bro. Like
1: in yeah. like yo, motherfuckers getting rich out here, and I love that shit. That's what I love about. How hip hop has evolved to rap. But in some of the other genres, the traditional genres of like hip hop, country, pop, um, you know, reggae, RB, whatever, there has to be kind of a more long-term goal that's attached to it. Because those are not cash out genres like rap has become. Right. And that's why rap is so saturated, is because there's enough money in it to satisfy everybody. Yo,
2: what up? It's Bootleg Kev. We got to stop the interview to tell you about our folks at MyBookie. That's right. So many ways you can gamble with MyBookie right now, man. Of course, you got NBA playoffs, Western Conference Finals, Eastern Conference Finals. They're set. I love Celtics versus Lakers in the finals. All right. You can sign up at MyBookie.ag right now using that promo code Bootleg and get a very generous first deposit bonus. That's right. And they just got the craziest like revamp of the online casino. It's like a Las Vegas experience. If you play cards, blackjack, roulette, uh, you shoot dice, whatever it is, they have like live dealers handling it for you wherever you're at. You could be at the airport and be playing fucking roulette on your phone. It's amazing. MyBookie.ag, sign up with that promo code, bootleg, right now you could bet on sports, you could do slots, you could do blackjack, uh, craps, whatever you're into, MyBookie.ag, promo code bootleg for that first deposit Bonus, and it is a generous one. Also got to give a shout-out to our family at King Palms. Shout-out to King Palms, man. If y'all ain't know about King Palms, they're our new sponsor on the Bootleg Cat Podcast, and they got such a great product. The best thing about King Palms is it's all organic, man. No tobacco in these wraps. They're straight leaves, and the best thing uh, about them is they got this uh, product. Their flavor, terpene tips, all right? You stuff them with your, with your product, do we got one here? Oh, we do got one here. We got one right here. We got one right here. All right? You stuff this with your uh, premium cannabis from Hardeen, Las Vegas. All right? You smoke up. Pinch that tip. You're going to get a burst of flavor. Yeah, this is the energy drink flavor. We got peach pineapple. We got watermelon wave. Also, don't forget the goddamn blue grapes. You know what I mean? And also, this is a tobacco-free wrap. It's totally organic. It's literally a leaf. Let me show you what I mean. That is just a big-ass leaf, guys, all right? So what you could do is go to kingpalm.com, weeds flying everywhere, Kingpom.com. promo code bootleg, and uh, you can get 50% off of whatever you order at kingpom.com. and don't forget to check them out because they're everywhere, your local smoke shop, your local uh, liquor store, 7-Eleven, smoke the King Palm, all right? It's organic. It ain't like all that other bullshit y'all be fucking stuffing in your lungs, man. All right. Shout out to Kingpom. Palm, Kingpom.com. Promo code bootleg right now. And it's actually promo code bootleg Kev. Promo code bootleg Kev. Not bootleg. Bootleg Kev. Kingpom.com. Half off everything. Let's get back to the interview. Well, yeah. I think like Corday, I think he had said like in one of our interviews, he turned down like, was it the gap?
1: He, he, yeah. It was he turned gap. down
2: like a. Yeah, it was the gap. Crazy bag?
1: Did we tell you that? Because I know you were fishing. Did we say that? Oh, I ended up saying, yeah, it was the gap. Yeah. Yeah, it
2: was the gap. Yeah, but like, it's like not all, like, I think. It'd be corny. Well, I think most people, like, most artists or rappers would be like, how much is it? Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Let me put some gap on, you know what I mean? So I think that the responsibilities come down to just like having like a long term vision for where you guys want to go. Right. Because that's kind of going to serve as your moral compass that allows you to know what's right and wrong for. You for your business and for the image of the artist. Um, again, just focusing on like the long-term goal, not near-sighted accomplishments, right? And then I think, um, I think just like, yeah, bro, just knowing how knowing how to work cohesively within a team, Mm -hmm. right? So your representation of the artist, so. It's not just managing relationships, it's understanding the functionality of teams. So if it's a label, for example, you got to know the difference between your A&R. You got to know the difference between that role and your product manager, your admin, the executive vice president of A&R versus the ones who do research. Right. Um, your vi- music video commissioner, you know, um, the, the legal department, the president versus the CEO, you know, versus, you know... Um, because you're kind of like... Versus, versus well, the... Well, you're the,
2: also kind of the liaison, too, between him and the label, right? When it comes to certain communication, like...
1: Yeah, you're kind of the liaison between the artist and everything, yeah, ultimately. And that's why it's so important for an artist and a manager to be on the same page, just psychologically, and also in terms of, like, the orientation of your goals. Because... You're speaking on their behalf. If you guys aren't on the same page, you're going to have a lot of false narrative conversations on their behalf. And eventually, those types of convos and narratives get back to the artist. And mm-hmm. that's what artists say, Wait, why didn't I know about this? Why didn't Wait, I? Yeah, yeah. You didn't tell me this. My
2: manager's having conversations behind my back. Yeah, you yeah. You always hear all kinds of shit. Yeah, like that. so
1: like when the conversations represent the artist best, those conversations never get back to the artist because it's fluid. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah,
2: transparency is important.
1: Yeah. And when something's wrong, you know, like, you know, it's like, a DJ and also an yeah. entrepreneur and, you know, many other things. If you have relationships directly with artists, if you're talking to their managers, you know when it sounds like it's coming from the manager, not the artist. Oh, for sure. It happens a lot. Because the manager is not, it's not upholding the representation right. of the artist that you know personally. Right. So when it's clear and it's concise, it feels consistent. And it feels. Or
2: right. it'll feel like there'll be times I'll be talking to like some guy's managers and I'll be like, dude, listen, man. This guy's clearly putting a whole lot on top
1: of whatever he's quoting me. <laughs> so he can put it in his pocket.
2: Right. Like, it happens a lot. And
1: I think that's the other thing, too. Dude, like, to be real with you, like, again, rap is different. Because, like, it's just such a lucrative industry where there's so much money. It's but ca- yeah, it's, it and happened,
2: it's a cash-heavy business. So it's yeah. like, yo, I could tell this promoter, 25, and give my artist 20. And yeah, like,
1: for sure. But when you're dealing with almost any other genre there like that, you like That every, was just
2: yeah, that was just happening with a big artist who's a female um, where she found out that like she was like whoever she was doing parties with like I think it was her road manager was yeah. just like taking Yeah, lots I, of bread off the top.
1: Yeah. And I really do believe that like money is what focusing on money, putting money first right is what ruins businesses. Mm. Like you have to focus on purpose. Right? Yeah,
2: and lo- and like 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 all that shit'll come if you it does if as long
1: as you don't put it first. Right. Because at the end of the day, no one pays you money because you want money, right? People pay you for a service right. or a byproduct that you're selling. So if you focus on the quality of your service, mm-hmm. where people feel like they either can't get it anywhere else or that you just do it better right. than most, no, the most money will people come. in your life. That's what this
2: this the, the new sons owner just made news because he uh The Suns had like a deal with like Bally Sports for the last like five years. So if you didn't have cable, you can watch Suns games in Phoenix. Yeah. And he's like, fuck that. I want my shit to be free everywhere. Yeah, I fuck with that. So now the Suns, like, you could watch, like, I think starting next season, like, wherever you're at, you could either stream Suns games for free. You don't have to have a league pass. Or if you're in Arizona, it's just on the fucking normal Channel 3. So, like, and he said, I just heard an interview. He was like, I don't give a fuck. He's like, I give a fuck about the fans. He's like, because, like, the short-term money doesn't matter. Like, yeah. I'm going to own this
1: team forever. Yeah, another, <laughs> like, another thing to remember- I'm to
2: build diehard fans. I want the more people who go watch the game, the more Suns fans we have.
1: Like, what yeah. are we doing here? Like And the other thing to remember is, right, like, and I'll I'll draw a comparison in lineage with what I'm about to say, even with sports. Like, you brought up the Suns. I'm a Celtics fan. Right. Go look at the Celtics five years ago. Go look at the Suns five years ago. Right? Look at any rapper- any hip-hop artist, any pop artist, just any act. Go look at any corporate business, any brand. It takes five years to build a strong yeah. and oh. identifiable business or brand. Yeah,
2: because five years ago, they uh, they went to the Eastern Conference Finals, though. Lost to Go the Go look at what
1: who, the Celtics? hmm
2: That was the year that Kyrie was hurt, and they went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Did we? Mm-hmm. That was 2018. They went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, and lost to LeBron James. Right. But Well, in, but, any, well but, in any case, go look at the players. No, 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 but nobody expected that, and it was kind of like a... It felt like a... It felt like when the Hawks made it to the Eastern Conference Finals two years ago, nobody was like,
1: well, and also, I my, think
2: no. The Celtics have built like, my, my, a real, point, my
1: point is, we have a team that belongs to us now. Though Kyrie was a traded player, like <laughs> no, no. no everybody's
2: is, drafted. Everybody's Marcus Smart, and, and, and Jason Tatum, and those play, Brown. It took
1: time to develop those plays for sure. You know saying? Sure. Like the whole been, squad. Is it's been like Robert Williams. These yeah, are all people who were it's drafted. Been like Four years of Jason
2: Tatum. Yeah, and and, J- you about, and like, Brown if you think about like like six or seven, five. six or seven years ago, everybody's like, "What the fuck is Danny Ainge doing with all these picks?" Yeah, and it worked out. picked all these Yeah, yeah.
1: Devin Booker. Like, so my point is like. It's the same thing with artists, bro. Right. Like, even if you see like a, a success that seems to just like come out of nowhere, like YB in the mirror, right. or like, an, uh, like a, uh, a Yeet or something like that, five years is going to tell you where it's really at. It's right. either going to tail off, right, because you didn't do the necessary things brick by brick to make sure that you were building something sustainable, or it's going to completely start to catapult and incline because you did all of the groundwork. To build something sustainable. Now you're seeing the fruits of your labor pay off. So I think that as a manager, like you have to you have to be focused on that because ain't nobody bigger than the program. Right. There's no such thing as elevators. They go up just as fast as they come down. Yeah. You gotta take the stairs. Mm-hmm. Because the only way that you can fall off, both literally and figuratively, is if you choose to. You gotta go back down those steps. Mm-hmm. You have to make terrible decisions on your behalf that send you back down them. But you built it yourself. Brick by brick. Right. So at least you have that option.
2: I think that's like obviously what you guys have been building with Corday. It's like it's a fan base, it's a 20 year plan. It's not a, you know, yeah. fucking short sighted. I just, when I think of Corday, yeah. I'm like, well, Corday will be here and I feel like he'll be here forever. So it's like, you know, a lot of yeah. these guys I can't say that about.
1: Yeah. And the hardest part for the artist, like, like, I'm
2: not sure anyone's going to care about Yeet in three years. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I'm <laughs> this guy's crazy. I just don't think anyone's going to care personally. Seems like a nice guy. I love
1: you. You know what I like about your platform? you get to just say what the fuck you want?
2: I mean, shout out to Yeet. His Nobody music, can fire hey, you. His music's that. fucking terrible, but it's someone likes it. I like, you know what I like? I, you know the thing that... Somebody likes Yeet. Somebody likes Playboy Cardi. All this shit is just going over my head. What I Under my head. What,
1: what what I think is super important too in he all He likes that, Yeet. He fucking...
2: He's yeah, yeah. I don't really yeah. listen to I listen to Oh, this, guy, this guy's a fucking... But you know what I think is demo. super
1: important? I think this is so important. I think this is the fucking reason why we have so many trolls. Also because it's like little white kids who don't know anything about...
2: They're going to grow up. They're going to be 21. And they're going to be like, I'm a little old for this yeet shit. Oh, yeah. And then they're going to... You move- saw me post on like that.
1: No, I didn't. Like, but- like on my gram, I said, the, the reality is this. Conceptual music that's made with intent and purpose... It's always going to outlast yeah. the latter. And the reason why is because these young kids who adapt to shit so quickly, they're young-minded. They don't have responsibilities. They're not going through real things. But as they get older and they have bills, they're going through real relationships. They they're not going to
2: still want the same microwavable shit.
1: Yeah, they need things that get them through the times and relate them, relate to them during the times that they're dealing with. And who are they going to turn to? The things that they once criticized and turned a cheat to that they didn't understand at the time. Right. And that's why you have... The Scissors and the Genaya Coe's and the Lizzo's and the Kendrick's and the J. Cole's, they outlast everybody. For sure. Because it's quality. Yeah, I mean, I always say that. Because people are always going to go through the same troubles, tribulations, life experiences over and over. They just have to reach a certain age when it clicks in. And some people hit it earlier than others, but it's going to click no matter what. It's inevitable.
2: Uh, How do you see AI affecting what you do and or just the music industry as a whole?
1: I mean, bro... You know what's crazy? Corday put me onto this website where I forget the name of it, but like you can type in celebrities and you can ask questions about those celebrities. And I typed the question. Is it Chad GBT? I forget. Probably that one.
2: Yeah. That's the main one. Yeah.
1: I typed the question about an artist and I said like, what can this artist do? I put the artist's name obviously. I said, what can this artist do to elevate their career? Yo, the four responses that came back were so fucking on point that I'm like, yo, AI can put managers out of business. They're, AI just can't show up physically. I feel like they site. can make...
2: I feel like they're going to end up... like Someone's going to figure out how to make AI produce records. I There's going to be an app where like a, you could just be like, I want a beat that sounds like this and uses
1: this riff, and then they're just going to make a beat. Like I, It's coming. But you know the problem with AI, though? AI can't... AI is predicated purely on data, and the pure injection and consumption of analytics, it's never going to be able to form an opinion. So, sure. And we, we're we in a lot of work where nobody has the answers. It's, it, it's just a current. It flows and it changes. And tomorrow, this can be a trend and the next day it can be a trend. And the only way to keep up with that is if you as a human being are actually in tune with something. And that's what we're always going to have over technology is free thought and opinion. Free thought and opinion. Yeah. And you're never going to be able you can put a price on that of value because that's why we all have a job. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because to certain degrees, we're all experts in some way, shape, or form. Some more than others, some less than others. But like, we're doing this professionally. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So if not experts, we're definitely professionals. AI is not a professional. It's the consumption yeah, it's, and injection it's data, of data, yeah, it's, it's and, data and, sure. and data data can be wrong. Machines are always wrong at right. some point. And who are you going to blame? Like an artist at some point is going to sit there and look at it like, "Yo, you're putting my fucking hey, fuck career. Fuck GPT, yeah, you're man. putting my career in the hands of technology. Like, what would what
2: you? If you're like a let's say there's an up and coming artist, they're fucking in St. Louis, and they're like, okay, "I got a local buzz. They don't have a manager. What would be?" uh a fair percentage so for sorry. that up-and-coming artist you to me. give up to a to a new manager what would be a fair yeah like because you know we always hear about people getting taken advantage of we always yeah. hear like you know there's shitty production deals that happen there's like if you're like a like what would be like a standard fair percentage for a new artist to give to a manager who maybe has some experience to kind of without them getting kind of like bent
1: over you know because i hear some crazy shit be sometimes. a fair percentage for an artist to give a brand new manager
2: yeah no, no not a brand new ma- like let's say rapper x has thirty thousand monthly listeners okay <laughs> okay is, is running around whatever hometown getting 500 to a thousand dollars to do a club has a song kind of doing all right on tiktok no management someone approaches them what would you say is like a fair uh number that that, that they could get what they want without getting taken advantage of. Because what is the industry standard between like 10, 20 percent? 15, okay. 15,
1: 10 minimum, 20 on the high. Okay. If you're doing 10, you should usually have a partner because then you guys are doing it, 10. You're co-manager because then right. like both you guys split 10 and it equals the max which is 20. 20, you got to do a lot. You got to be. You got to bring a lot and a lot in. So to, between the
2: ten and twenty, depending on the service, fifteen
1: point. is safe because, like, if, if for whatever reason that hopefully is fair and justifiable, the artist decides that they want to decrease your percentage. There's wiggle room for you to come down between from fifteen a, to ten is the floor. But also, there's wiggle room for you as a manager where you can maybe justify going up. Yeah, if you're just fucking crushing it, right. you know what I mean. Um, there's also a wiggle room where, like, you know, you may want to bring in a day to day manager and give them 5% mm. so that you can grow as a manager. You can accomplish more things with your time instead of being spread thin. And so the artist has someone around all the time to be able to handle the small nuts the and small. bolts that you're overqualified to be able to handle. Mm. Even though you can handle it, we only have so many hours in a day. Where do you want to apply your focus? You know, you should be doing on the things that only you are capable of doing around that artist and bringing somebody else in who's qualified to consider themselves a manager but not quite for a percentage where the artist is kicking more out of their, their purse you are know?
2: you how involved are you with the um, high level
1: high level okay. i mean me and corday like we're, we're partners which is corday's label uh, yeah that's his brand it's his label we just did a pub deal with pulse so you guys just, all...
2: uh, he just i mean i just saw like a high level puma that dropped right
1: yeah 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 we there they are i mean i've been wearing them but those are sick i don't have any but they're nice
2: I thought I'd put you on the list for him. Did not no, I'm not on any list.
1: Yeah, we've been with Puma for four years. Shout out Puma. we we've we actually have the longest current active deal with, with Puma. Puma. Yeah, of any of their um music artists. That's big. Um endorsees. Uh so you know it was it was something that we've been working on for two years between the designs, the business right. of it, the rollout, the planning and shit. But yeah, it's dope. We we, we did a high level Puma c- capsule clothing collab and and went through nationwide distribution and Foot Lockers all throughout the country, even in Puerto Rico, which was tight. Um, yeah, that was tight. So, I mean, we're just focusing on making, like, small strategic moves right. in terms of, like, the collabs we do because it's really early still. Right. The brand's two years old. corday has been in the music industry for four and a half years. Right. So as the artist gets bigger, everything around them does as well. So we're not in a rush to try to, like, explode the brand. We just want to start building the story. Right, in terms of like where you see it, who we align with, so it's sexy, it makes sense. Right, um, and you know as we continue to grow, as he continues to grow, the brand will grow with it. You know, Dreamville was an idea, right, and then it became a label. And became J. Dreamville Cole was, was big enough to sign artists, and then they developed a festival and clothing right. line, and now Dreamville is like you know it's a a very serious multi million dollar brand in business. Got to stop the interview real quick to tell you about our family at. Blue Chew, baby,
2: that's right. It's getting hot outside. You know what that means, fellas? You're about to go get that dick wet. You know what I'm saying? It might as well be really hard. It might as well be as hard as it could possibly be. And with Blue Chew, you will achieve such hardness, all right? <laughs> it's seriously amazing. Uh, and the best part about Blue Chew is you can find out if it works. Don't just take my word for it. They're going to give you a month's supply for free. Go to bluechew.com. Use that promo code bootleg. Get a month's supply for free. Bluechew.com, promo code bootleg. Now, it's the same active ingredient as Viagra and Cialis, minus the awkward doctor appointment. You do not have to go see some old dude and tell him about your erectile dysfunction issues in person because that's a fucking awkward conversation, bruh. All you got to do is go to bluechew.com right now, use the promo code bootleg. They're going to get you hooked up with a month of supply for free. You just got to pay $5 in shipping, no awkward doctor's appointments, same active ingredient as Viagra and Cialis, plus they got the bluechew mint. It's a chewable. It's great. Tastes like mint. It's also the same active ingredient as Levitra. So... Summertime's coming, fellas. You don't want to underperform. Make sure your dick is rocked up, baby. All right? Go to bluechew.com. Use the promo code BOOTLEG. (laughs) Hey, man, it works. What do you want from me? It fucking works. Everyone should have a little blue chew in case of an emergency. You might have an emergency. You need a pop of blue chew. Chew it. It's a chewable. You know what I mean? Anyway, also got a shout out to our family at Odd Socks. Don't forget. Go to oddsoxofficial.com, promo code BOOTLEG. Save 20% off. Man. They got the underwear that they just dropped uh, last year that's amazing. So not only do you get the most comfortable socks in the world, but you can also get the most comfortable draws in the world, all the crazy licenses. They got half-baked socks. They just announced their Hasbro collection, which is crazy because that means you're going to get Monopoly socks, Transformer socks, Power Ranger socks, so much shit going with Odd Socks. Plus, they got the Odd Socks Basics, my favorite. This is what I wear every day. I wear the basics because they're the most comfortable socks I've ever put on my fucking feet. So experience the most comfortable socks in the world with me. OddSocksOfficial.com promo code BOOTLEG save 20% off. Shout out to Odd Socks. Let's get back to the interview. Let me ask you this. How many times have you had to be manager slash bodyguard?
1: Bro, I had to do that early on with Amir's career. That shit was wild. Just because like Cause I feel
2: like I, I've, I've sometimes I'll see you with, and there's be no security, it's just you. Yeah.
1: So I guess Ace is just kind of the the last the it last line of defense. Though. Yeah, it ain't fun though because it's like, like, you know, me bodyguarding is like just like leveling, like yo, come on, yo, like. Yeah, we just trying to do this. Like, can y'all can y- can y- move? I don't know. You just treat people with respect. You know, people always reciprocate it in return. You know, bodyguards, they're not there for that. They're there to, like, look intimidating, be intimidating, and neutralize. Right. But when I first started with Namir, unfortunately, we couldn't afford to have like a professional bodyguard on retainer. So like, I wasn't really the bodyguard. I was just like, I guess like the big brother or parental figure who was just like moving them around as such right and, so, and, and this is like in the very early stages like in the first like few months you know what I'm saying it was mad unsettling though because I'm trying to do business and like do my job and then I also have to be like having my head on swivel looking at like who's looking and watching because he evoked a lot of negative energy bro he's talking oh, sure. about guns and shooting people and killing in the niggas. music video yeah and he's mad small. I remember the first time I met him I was like bro you're a good kid yeah <laughs> well, you're a sweetheart. I was like, I was like, bro, you're a good kid. Like, <laughs> so, like, and, that type of energy had a lot of other young niggas pulling up. And it's always the young niggas in every city who are right. the ones shooting and doing dumb shit because they have all that time in their hands, right? You know? So, those were the, that, that was the shit I was dealing with early on was like, looking at the, looking at the eyes of like five hoodied up 16 year olds watching our Sprinter Van pull up or looking at him in the crowd, not cheering, not celebrating, not joining in on, the crowd interaction. They're just there just to talk shit and say fuck why I be in at the end of the performance. So Jesus. Yeah, it was a wild time. It was fun though, because like at the end of the day, it's like, even though shit does get real, I have no choice but to look at it for what it is, which is like you guys are fucking kids, dude. Right, right, for sure. You know what I mean?
2: Uh what's coming up next, man? Anything you want to promote or or uh I know you uh you uh you obviously just signed Turbo, which is a big, big deal.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm a partner at Range, um, which is we're a management company. There's like I think twelve of us. And then we have a you know, a really, really dope staff of like I think like sixty individuals who all come from different labels and companies and things of that nature. And um yeah, we just um started working with Turbo, so I'm working with him now. And um you know, he's dope, you know. Diamond Diamond credited producer. Crazy. Tons of plaques and he's working on an album. Ooh. You know, his debut album which is very very in premature stages, but it's something that he's going to be working on. Um we have a really really dope single coming out. I can't say who when I say we I mean Corday um in June, June 16th. Okay. I think it's going to shake the world up. It's it's not just us, it's kind of, I can't really say what it is without giving it too much information, but it's something that's really special. Big deal coming. Yeah, yeah. It has, like, several parties involved that make it something that's, like, really monumental and special. But June 16th, that's happening. Um, Corday has a tour taking place. Domestic. It'll be announced, you know, it'll be in the fall, and then go overseas, a world tour that's on, on the horizon. But, yeah, bro, just, just working and just, you know, it's... Honestly, bro, it's, if you talk with anybody, any AR, any manager, anybody who's and like you, it'll be the same thing. If I ask right. you what you have going on, it's all the shit. things you're doing now, but yeah. you just have to keep it going. You have right. to keep working at it because everything is just like one foot in front of the other. You've never really arrived. Right. You know? So that there's there's no finish line. Of course not. So just continuously working, bro. There it is, you man. You know what i uh, you uh What do you got coming up, Kev? What are you working on? No one ever asks you questions, man. I want to ask about you. I don't you. know,
2: man. I'm just, you know, trying to rack up the radio stations on the syndicated show.
1: and uh, Plug the club, baby. The club is there, 11 11 11, Arizona. What made you want to open a club?
2: It was an opportunity that. It's not like I wanted to open a club, it was just an opportunity that fell in my lap that was. A, sl- a slam dunk of a gamble as it could be.
1: Some homies, some good friends that you have a relationship yes. with, were opening a club, and they saw like. We... Nah,
2: so one of my close friends had reached out to me, my boy Corey, and he was like, "Hey, there's an opportunity here. Uh, I'm not going to do it without you and Davion. If you guys are in, you know, we we figured it out. We kind of yeah, it was just a. It was like a slam dunk. Yeah. So it was like, I mean, I because I had turned down opportunities to be a part of clubs in Phoenix before, or in Arizona rather. Um, this particular opportunity was like the other parties who were involved. Um, yeah, it was just there was like a missing. Just, I mean, look, you were there's the, you no hip hop club. I mean, in Scottsdale, all the hip hop clubs got closed. Was International's a, done. International closed. That was the shit. There was a there's a small spot there called Pretty Please, which is like a fucking shoebox. But there was really nothing else going on. So it was like, damn, if we do this the right way, And Super Bowl was coming up. Yeah. So it was like, shit, Super Bowl's next year. Yo, we there's something
1: else or... happening in Arizona next year. I was just texting you about it when I found out. Well, Super Bowl
2: just happened, but I think Final Four's coming. That's in. what it is, the Final Four. Oh, dude, you're going to fucking crush Yeah, Final crush Four's coming. We get spring training, you know. it's like two weeks of, of games, dude. But yeah, spring training is, you know, a month and a half. There's a lot of shit, but yeah. You know what I like
1: about you, Kev? DJing is... I think DJing in terms of like one of the core forms of art in music, it's the hardest job to be it's the hardest job to be successful at right. by way of making a real living. No, I'm not sure. talking about being able to afford bills. I'm talking about like to the point where like you can continue to progress and you can make the type of money that we all hope to make one day and and to be able to acquire things that we want, just not that we need, and where well, you don't have to worry about bills. Because DJs a lot of the time are the last people to get paid when you look at the overhead costs of a club or a festival right. or even if you're looking at artists, dude, like you look at it, it's like how much is this DJ's dope, but like how much do they cost? Okay, cool. We well, can go find another DJ who will do it for less. And that's the problem. It's almost man. like graphic designers.
2: Yeah, you guys had hit me up to be Corday's first DJ. Yeah, I would have loved that. It would have been tight. Yeah. I just was like, I can't do it, man. I got too much. Yeah,
1: time. I mean, look, when artists are just starting, bro, we couldn't afford you. Yeah. I was just hoping you would jump in. It would have been tight. You know what I mean? But my my point is, I, I love what you're doing because like you're like the ultra entrepreneur because y- you've been able to take DJing as just kind of like... The identifiable aspect in the core of what you do that made everybody give a shit, right? right? And then from there, you're like, okay, if I'm going to DJ, what's the next step of how I can, how I can generate something that's lucrative? Like, a sa- okay, let me get the radio. Then you get the radio. You're like, okay, cool. Radio now is transitioning to podcast. Let me start a podcast. Okay, cool. So now if I'm on radio and I'm interviewing artists because I have relationships with them, what's the next step? Let me bring them to a club.
2: And Hannibal Burris is calling. Let me give you my phone real quick. Fire. His how do you know
1: that number without his name popping up? Oh, it is popping up.
2: Yeah, he's, yeah we're about to do an interview with him.
1: And so I wanted to tell you because I don't think anybody's ever told you this one yeah bro, but you deserve to hear. It's dope how you've been able to make a business out of yourself instead of a byproduct, but a business out of yourself. And I... Op- and there's several different verticals of the bootleg cap brand. I'm just
2: trying to run it up, man.
1: You know, get it while
2: I can, it's man. It's hard
1: to do that, bro. It's hard to do that. That's like pure entrepreneurialism. That's the word, right? Entrepreneurialism.
2: Yeah. I might be buying another club, too. I'm sorry? I might be buying another club, too. I need in on that one. I'll let you know. I need in on that one, bro. It's in Cali. Yeah, I need in I on that I can't tell you one. what city, but it's in California. Modesto. Fuck, man. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to be... Modesto. I'm actually about to- Modesto's
1: going to be on your head top. No, i
2: actually start doing nights out there next Monday. I'll be the night show in Modesto.
1: On That's station. Yep. That's tight. Hannibal Burris is oh, here. Shit. Yes. What's Hannibal, man, you was, you was in our video for R&P, bro. What? R&P with managed Anderson back. Oh,
2: he, managed his yeah, yeah.
1: he was in acting fucking crazy.
2: All right, well, listen, Ace. <laughs> go follow Ace What's your IG.
1: Uh, people call me Ace. Just PPL. Call me Ace. Boom.
2: My guy. Appreciate you, brother. Yes, yep, sir. Bro. Hey, we got to wrap up an interview brought to you by Hardeen Las Vegas. Appreciate y'all watching. Hey, don't forget, when you go to Vegas, you got to go to Hardeen, man. It's the craziest dispensary you'll ever walk into. It smells like fucking heaven in there. All right? Get in that Uber when you hit Sin City. Tell them, take me to Hardeen. They're going to take you. You're going to get a wild selection of the just top, top of the line cannabis. The best selection you'll go uh, uh, be able to see in the U.S. Plus, on top of that. They got the crazy gear, they got the clothes, they got the bikinis, they got a wonderful selection of bud tenders that are very good at their job, man. They'll take care of you, tell them that bootleg Kev sent you the bud tenders of Hardeen, they'll know what that means. They're going to get you hooked up right. All right, Go follow them online, Hardeen underscore Las Vegas, or just go check out their website too, man, HardeenLasVegas.com. And when you're in Vegas, pull up to Hardeen or you're playing yourself, for real.